Welcome to the Bicons Podcast, where we talk about film and TV shows for people who like the cat and the kitty. <laughs> Butterbee. Sexually ambidextrous. Sexually ambidextrous. Who sang it? You. Because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, you know that, that audio on TikTok that's like for, for dogs, like people showing their dogs? No. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> I can't sing it because of what the punchline's <laughs> What's the punchline? It's not a really a punchline, it's just embarrassing. It's like the... It's like the sometimes my my lip gets stuck on my teeth thing, and but it's like dogs when like when they get their their like lips stuck in their teeth. There's like a whole TikTok audio about it. I'm not on dog talk. Oh, I am. <laughs> oh my god. And sometimes when I'm high and I get cotton mouth, that happens to me. Like I'll smile and my lip will like get stuck on my teeth. I swear to God, that's never happened to me. Oh my god, it happens to me all the time. I get, like, your really lip bad gets stuck on your tooth. Yeah, like my mouth is so dry that it like gets stuck. There's no way that happens. It did, just did. I think I have too much, <clears throat> too much skin. <laughs> <laughs> Below nose, above <clears throat> lip, skin. Too much of that. I have like a fingertips worth. We're keeping this in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really quit. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> the way. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Yes, I also have that, but I think is I that too, too much? much. I think so. I think I have too much. Are you giving me a complex right now? Is that too much? <laughs> no. Stop. Please. I think it's just me. Like that's not normal. When I do this, there shouldn't be more. <laughs> You know what I mean? No. Like it should it should hit the top of my nose. There shouldn't be more. Bruh, no. But rather no. I, I mean, know. that's the whole point of different size lips. No, I'm not saying the lips are the problem. I'm saying the space here is the problem. Could you imagine if you had the same size lip and there was no skin between your lips and your mouth? Your mouth would be up here, bro. I don't want my <laughs> I'm so confused. Shit. Then what are you talking about? Do you? I feel like the words, words are coming out of my mouth. It's the skin between. Motherfucker. <laughs> the Cupid thing. Cupid's. Isn't that what it's called? Cupid blow. Even it. So you want your, your upper lip completely turned out so it touches the top of your nose? I'm not talking about my upper lip. I'm talking about the skin above the upper lip. The stash. Uh-huh. Wow. The stash. The stash is Okay. Big. How exactly are you going to decrease the amount of skin? I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> what's the problem? Tell me what's the problem i feel like i'm being so clear i don't like how fat my mustache area is <laughs> that's what i'm saying i don't like i know but you also said as you're as you're you're turning your top lip up you said it should be touching the bottom of your nose bro <laughs> yeah because yeah because if it were less skin it would ya allah makallah it literally doesn't matter no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, shit. If you get what I'm saying, okay, please tell me, please validate this concern I have. Horrible. Remember when um I could have been exposed to coronavirus and my company isn't shutting my building down? Please call them out. Please make this a call-out post. I know you can't. Don't. But, like, I wish this were a call-out post, basically. Boy, what I'm going to do when I don't work for that <laughs> company anymore. <laughs> Holy shit. This is a subtweet. When you work for big oil, that's crazy. Oh my god. So anyways, Eleanor Roosevelt for president, am I right? <laughs> what a wonderful woman. We took the um the 16 personalities personality 
Fuck. Hello. The it's 16 called the Myers-Briggs. The website is called 16 Personalities. <laughs> Sorry. But it's a Myers-Briggs okay, test. Okay, whatever. Becky. We took the Myers-Briggs test today because I um, found this, like, manual at work describing all of them. Um, I got INFP-A. Yes, dash A. What did you get? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Are you still thinking about your so fucking lip skin? <laughs> Stop! Leave me alone. <laughs> I I really want lip injections like so bad. Just between you and me. Because <laughs> you're right. There's no other way to fix the thing that I'm thinking about aside from that. Y'all heard that, thought- right? <laughs> I'm not doing this. Did y'all hear that? She said I'm right. What in the Gemini was that? Unbelievable. Hey, never befriend a Gemini ever. Oh shit. Today, my oh my god, (coughs) I'm going on so many tangents. I'm an holy fuck. I'm an ENFP. Yes. ENFP dash T. I'm turbulent. That's the mood of 2020. (laughs) Turbulent. Today I was on the phone. I swear to God, this is the last tangent. I was on the phone and the lady, she was like, are you sexually active? I was like, no. And then she was like, what's your preference? And I was like, and before I could answer, she was like, like, men or women. And I was like, I said, do I have to come out on the phone right now? I literally came out to the lady on the phone. My mother doesn't know, but this random bitch (laughs) at my health insurance company knows. I was like, why would she ask me? Why do you need to know if I'm a homo or not, Miriam? (laughs) Okay. First of all, we're talking about the show Hollywood on Netflix. It's a mini series. Beautiful show. That's what we're talking about today. So are you aware I sent you the TikTok audio today, right? Of the the TikTok audio where it's like every friend group has to have blah 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 blah. Okay. Here are my suggestions for Bimbo. No, you have to play it into the mic. Oh, word. Hold on. Okay. You have to tell us what you're talking about. She's about I'm to gonna... make a TikTok reference. This is a big moment in history for podcasts. Okay. Let me... I don't know what volume this should be on. Okay. So this is this is the TikTok audio I'm referencing. Every friend group should include a bimbo, a mean bisexual, an even mean a lesbian, she days and he days. A token straight that's on thin ice, an astrology bitch who has everyone's birth chart memorized, and a short king. Okay. (laughs) Perfection. Okay. Here are my thoughts. For Bimbo, I nominate Roy slash Rock because he is a himbo. Valid. Valid. Uh, For Mean Bisexual, I have Ernie. Yes, ma'am. Right? Wait, Ernie was which one again? The The gas station runner, owner guy. Okay, why did I almost call him Richard? That's uh, Dick Samuels, the producer. Okay. Who, great segue, I nominated for meaner lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For she theys, I nominated Miss Ellen Kincaid. Yes. For he theys, I have Henry Wilson. Yes! (laughs) Um, The token straight on thin ice, um, I have Jack and Claire. Oh, it should be Raymond. Oh, true. You're absolutely correct. <coughs> oh my god. For astrology, bitch, I have Avis and Camille. Couldn't really decide. That one was kind of hard. Archie could be astrology, bitch. But I also have Archie for short king. Ernie? That was brilliant. He's my mean bisexual. <laughs> he, is a, he is bi, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he ends up with Ellen. Yeah. I th- I think he's like a, I think his, I think Ernie's romantic and sexual orientations are probably different. I think romantically he's probably only attracted to women, but I think sexually he's attracted to men and women. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So by. With like a female, quote unquote, female preference. Bisexual, but not by romantic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen Latifah carried this show on her back. I she know. didn't actually. I mean, she was like in two episodes and they were. She was, like, impactful, you know? Wow. 
bisexual queen. Invented bisexuality. Not to mention, she had sex with Paget Brewster, Miss Emily Prentice. Oh my god, Miss! Who oh was also playing a bisexual woman. What was her name? Tallulah? Yeah, Tallulah. Her name was Tallulah, for Christ's sake. Wins all around for the bisexuals yeah. in Hollywood. Oh my <laughs> god. Is everyone in Hollywood bisexual? I mean, today, yeah. This whole show felt like a fat analogy, like parallel to today. Yeah. This is how Hollywood is today. Everybody's doing coke. Everybody's fucking everybody. You fuck people for casting, for roles. Yeah. Like, I know people do it. Not that it's yeah. bad, but I feel like this is exactly what Hollywood's like. I can't imagine much has changed. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I mentioned it as we were watching it, but say this takes place, excuse me, in the late 40s. That means it's been 80 years. It's and been 80 years. just started casting queer leads and black leads yeah. and black and queer leads, like people with intersections. Like we honestly just started that probably in the last five years. Yeah. So like I think you're right, and that this is like kind of just shining a mirror on Hollywood now. Because this was entirely fictional, right? Yeah. I mean, um, some of the characters are like based on real people, like their names and like their um careers. Um but I don't know if all of them are gay slash bi. I know uh, Rock Hudson slash Roy Fitzgerald was gay in real life. Oh, okay. So, like, that's true. But other than that, I have no idea. King. Remember when they put the clan, the flaming clan crosses Jesus Christ. on um, each person's, each of the crew's lawns? Yeah, and, like, through, uh, oh through something, through Archie and... That happens today. I swear to God. When I saw the clan signs like on those people's lawns, I was just thinking like, damn, America's really always been divided. Yeah. It's always been like this. I think people like to think that it's like a lot better now, but yeah, I think we've proven in the past like, you know, yeah. Trump supporters aren't a new breed. I feel like no. they've always been there and they've just been waiting for a spokesperson like Trump. Yeah, because they were told for so long that their opinions were, you know, not politically correct. So they couldn't say it. And then mm-hmm. here comes this non-PC, you know, president yeah. who's like, you can say whatever you want. This is America. And then they fucking came out of the woodwork. Not that they were ever gone. They were still committing hate crimes and being racist in public and, like, doing whatever they could to keep people disenfranchised. But, like, they weren't... They didn't um, have an overseer who spoke just like them and thought just like them. Yeah. They weren't committing terrorist attacks, like, on the reg. That's what I'm saying. Like, (coughs) these people are getting lynched now. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. I think, like, um, this whole series for me, on top of you know, shining a mirror on Hollywood. I think it was just like a big kind of love letter to the whole representation matters movement. Yeah. Like they really like checked off a lot, not all, but like a good amount of boxes to be like the whole, the whole story really is about what if this is the way Hollywood should have been. Look at what we missed out on because we refused to cast black people and we refused to cast gay people and we didn't let people be the way they are because it would sacrifice us money. Look what could have happened if we didn't do that. And it's like, there's a really beautiful, like the last episode of this series, I cry every single time. Oh my Like God, all the yeah. way through it. Because it's these people of these intersections Anime Wong, like, is the first Chinese actress to win an Oscar. Her acceptance speech. Yeah, after she'd been snubbed, like, so badly. And then she, you flash to a Chinese family, like, sitting around listening to the radio and crying. And then it happens with Archie, too. And there's a black, I'm assuming, gay man also listening to the radio. And then he breaks down crying when Archie wins. And, like, we get that with all of these, like, big characters, and it's just so beautiful. We got so much in this. We got, like, a really cute love story between Archie and Roy. 
there were discussions like you were saying about like intersectionality but also um sex work yes also bisexual representation up the wazoo yeah love that fuck and even more explicit bisexual yeah and like honestly like sexual fluidity like above everything else like Yes, we got, like, Archie and Roy and Henry being, like, explicitly gay, but it seemed like with the rest of, like, everybody else, it was sort of just, like, man, whatever I want right now Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It was very, like, fluid, which is something I appreciated, too. Yeah, this film discussed that gender, sorry, sexuality, fluidity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sexual fluidity, and then, like, feminism in there. I like that Ernie was, like, he was almost this nurturing, like, protective figure, and he was one of the first characters we ever met. We ever met. We now have a tab on our homepage for um, relevant links and resources for just a lot of the things going on right now. The first thing we're going to have, or not the first thing, but one of the things we're going to have is vote.org where you can find like your polling place and a bunch of like rules around voting and information in general um we're also going to have the blacklivesmatter.card.co link tree link essentially where you can find resources petitions where you can donate mutual aid funds they also have resources on there about palestine and the yemen crisis and all kinds of stuff Oh, we'll also have some different kinds of resources for queer youth. Um, There's a suicide hotline, both like digital and by phone. It's called The Trevor Project, and they're all over the U.S. It'll be at biconspodcast.com slash resources. Either way, I think the guy who played Richard was fucking fantastic. Oh my god. He deserves yeah. awards pun awards yeah. pun awards. Like he oh my god. My favorite scene with the him emotion. was when he was when Ace Amberg like came back to work after his heart attack and Richard went to him to be like, Are you releasing Peg or or sorry, are you releasing Meg or not? Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I haven't decided yet. And there was no, like, negotiation. There was no, like, pity. There was no, like, I'm sad. He was like, you do this or I'm coming for you. Yup. And he knew he could because yeah. he's the guy who ran everything. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I am a fag. And I'm happy. And fuck you for taking the credit for everything wow. I do. Wow. Wow. I love that man. Wow. Fucking icon. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. It was so cool. It was Mm -hmm. so cool that, like, this story was about something like movie making and, Mm -hmm. like, living in Hollywood and trying to get a role in something. At this day and age to, like, connect to us so much. Yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know what it was about it. I think something I liked the most about it was that it, it wasn't so heavy. Like, it touched on really, like, important stuff without it, like, exhausting you. I think sometimes when people try to tackle issues like racism and misogyny and homophobia and sex work and, like, especially all in one piece of work, it can be, like, really heavy and, like, emotionally exhausting to, like, watch because it's a lot of, like, bullshit that you have to see, you know? And a lot of criticism that I saw of the show was that a lot of people thought it was, like, empty, I feel like the last thing that we, like, need right now is more, like, trauma porn, you know? Yeah. Like, I think of this Another versus... Another sad story that didn't make it. Yeah. Like, this versus, like, Lovecraft Country that I watched a couple weeks ago. Don't get me wrong. I loved that show. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was, um, like, really unique and, like, visionary. And I really loved it. But I could watch Hollywood, like, once a week, you know, in, like, one sitting. And, like, it would be a perfectly pleasant experience. Whereas, like, when I was watching Lovecraft Country, like, it was emotionally taxing because it was a lot of, like, heavy racist shit. 
I think those stories need to be told, but sometimes like you need something like Hollywood as like a palate cleanser that's aware. Mm-hmm. It's it's socially aware. It doesn't ignore issues, but like the hard times and the dark times are resolved really quickly and like mm-hmm. by the people. There's no like white savior bullshit. I don't know. It's I just agree. like meaningful and it's not just heavy. And I like that. Yeah, it's not heavy like in the way that it's not a sad story it's not about them not making it because they make it yeah so it's just like it's it makes you feel everything like you feel the suspense you Mm -hmm. feel excited when when mrs amberg had they tell her mrs amberg has sole green light authority like i was smiling (sighs) hard when they said that and then, like, you literally cry. Yeah. Losing people. And, like, happy tears, too. You feel too. everything. Yeah. Yes. At the end, the happy tears. Oh, my God. I think it's just proof that something and can love. be, like, powerful and happy and enjoyable. Yes. You know. Yeah. I don't know why we don't get that enough. But I, truth be told, like, I had to watch this a couple times because... It took me a couple tries to get on and to get hooked on mm-hmm. the show because all these characters are basically rich and white. I'm not going to say all, mm-hmm. but most of them, most of the people running or trying to yeah, create like the, the movie, the, which is to be expected yeah, at that time, yeah. of course. Like all the adult, they're all adults, but like the older adults. Yeah. Like yeah. I get it. I get the time period. I get the industry in the time period. They're going to be white. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it took me a couple tries to like relate to them i will say like one of the failings is like i like jack but i don't think the focus on jack should have been the thing that started off the series because i don't think in the end jack was yeah is he the protagonist i it turned into meg or camille yeah i kind of i kind of felt like archie was more of the archie and camille were more of like the dual like protagonist or something you know but, but it starts out not that way. Yeah, at it all, starts with though. Jack, and I felt like that was like a, because I was the same way. Like, I was like, I don't want this to be about him. But I'm like really glad that I kept watching because I like Jack. I just don't think it's about him. Yeah, yeah. Where was Jack at the very end? Like, what was he doing? He got what he wanted. He was with Claire. He was happy. Yeah, he got um, cast as uh, Roy's love interest <clears throat> in Dreamland. Right, so he got another role and shit. Like, yeah, he got everything he wanted. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. But even though he got everything he wanted, he was the first character we met, his success story wasn't the one who made us cry. No. That made us cry. And that's no. really cool. That they because nothing that would have way. been revolutionary about Jack winning an award. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Everyone else that won an award, it was something, like, special for them. Yeah. I feel like... I could have seen Corey Monteith in this, don't you? We have to do Glee. Yeah, we do have to do... Hello. We do have to do Glee. I'm writing that down. Glee, I was built on Glee. (laughs) I had a Glee charm bracelet. Wrist wet. (laughs) I will say one of the things that I think Jack did exist for was to show, like, the difference between white impoverishment and like being black and how a lot of impoverished white people think that is the same as being black yes and that was explicitly said like yeah remember when archie had to correct somebody and was like no, yeah multiple times yeah like it, like with jack specifically when they were in the i think we had just found out that archie archie's script for pig was like gonna be made yeah and Jack wanted a screen test and he had the audacity to go to Archie and like try to ask him for a favor. And Archie had to be like, how dare you, white man, come to me, black gay man, and ask me for help yeah. in this town. Like, how dare you? Yeah. I love that. That yeah. was important. Yeah. Because like, sure, Jack is poor and like whatever and he's like a veteran he's been abandoned by his country and like he's not in love with his wife like sure and he's got a family on the way i like that jack didn't take it personally yeah like but even that he gets to walk into hollywood and be seen as this Mm -hmm. handsome love interest archie was threatened to be taken off the script of something he wrote literally 
he was just hate crime skin. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and there's like a big emphasis, like Archie says towards the end, like, I'm so proud as a black queer man. Yeah. We, in the exact same way that they kind of broke ceilings inside the story in the show. Mm-hmm. I want to say movie almost, but anyways, they broke ceilings here in this world for us, I think. I think, even in a small way. I don't know. I was trying to tell you that, like, I thought this connected to our generation so much because it's so much of what we care about. Mm -hmm. And it was, it felt so good to see the good people win. Yeah, it did. And Jesus. you see, like, television's getting a little happier and a little more hopeful yeah. because everything's in shambles. <laughs> so, this felt saying. so good. Like, I think we need a good balance of shit that's real and heavy and, like, dis- discomforting. Is that a word? Uncomfortable? Like, the act of being made to be uncomfortable. Feeling discomfort. Anyway, we need to be made to feel discomfort, sure. Especially like if you're in a in a position of privilege, like you need to be uncomfortable if like you're watching some shit just mm-hmm. to like awake, you know. But you also need stuff like this that like balances it out and like can cheer you back up and like be hopeful. I really think you need both. Yeah. And that's why I really like this. I thought it was so cool the element of like when you see an actor finish a conversation, sorry, when you see a character finish a conversation, mm-hmm. as soon as they look away, you see their face. The camera caught it. Oh, yeah. For Claire, like, she would break down a lot. <sighs> as soon as she would, like, finish talking, she'd turn away. Yeah. And, like, break down. Same thing with Archie. Same thing yeah. with, like, Jack when he found out um, his wife cheated on him. Yeah. Henrietta. I think that's so fucking cool. I remember being, like, really impressed with Samara Weaving, who plays Claire, like, in that first episode where, like, the random girl sitting next to her is, like, Camila's the prettiest girl, like, here. Yeah. And she's, like, really, like, darling about it and, like, has her nice transatlantic accent on. And then as soon as she finishes her sentence, like you said, you see, like, her face just, like, completely contort like she's going to cry. Yeah. that's so cool yeah i love that it's like a big emphasis with like what do we feel when no one's around like what do we feel the moment somebody Mm -hmm. looks away from us i think that's like a comment on what hollywood as a whole is like when the cameras aren't rolling or whatever yeah right your influencers right the people you look up to Mm -hmm. like they're actually hurting like claire is so depressed Oh my god. Claire is so depressed. I mean, look at her parents for Christ's sake. I get that she's privileged, right? That doesn't diminish the fact that she's fucking incredibly depressed. Yeah. Like that scene where she's sitting down, like between her parents at the table, I think like in one of the first episodes, and they're just basically telling her what a giant piece of shit she is because yeah. she wants a part in a movie. Yeah. Even though she like explicitly like didn't use her status as the the studio head's daughter to like get stuff, she like changed her name and took the acting yeah, classes which is like super everyone cool, else. By the way, she decided to actually work hard, and like she was just getting shat on. Like, of course she's gonna be depressed. The fuck. Yeah. No, yeah, she was a good character throughout. She was a good person throughout. Yeah. I think. I thought it was cool though. It's like something really small, but. I think I thought it was cool that as soon as like because obviously like Claire was like trapped in between like her parents, you know, loveless marriage. And I thought it was cool that as soon as like the father was removed from the equation, the two women started getting along. And I related to that so much. So much. Like a a man When I tell you a man got in between my mom and me for, like, so long, and the minute the man... But was it because he was a man? Yeah, because I think men... I I don't think it was because he was a a man. I think men emotionally (laughs) exhaust women, and they manipulate them, and you can't actually take your anger out on the man who's causing the anger. So you take it out on each other because you're trying to keep peace with the man. I see. That goes for any toxic person. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's more common in, like, really, like, emotionally unintelligent, like, fathers. 
you know? And that's what I saw like in him. And it was like, these two women know they are never going to get through to this fucking guy. So they take it out on each other because they're so frustrated with their situation. Yeah. They begin to resent each other. And as soon as he's like plucked out of the situation, they start getting along and like working together and are able to repair the relationship. That was on purpose. Yeah. Right. I related to that a lot. I didn't even notice that until you said it, actually. You know what was fucking sick? The score. Oh, Oh my God. God, oh my if God. you're ever in a jam, like here I am, that song, yeah, it's like super sing songy and bouncy. As they're oh. about to beat somebody's <laughs> somebody's ass up, the reporter guy, Dean yeah. Warden, fuck, fuck that bitch, fuck that bitch. As they're about to beat his ass, <laughs> oh, I love like sing songy, bouncy songs, sound just like old timey, like forties like, oh. American music. Feel, it's so feel good for me. It was a really yeah. similar track to like, it felt similar to like the Umbrella Academy. I said Umbrella like a normal person. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the score kind of reminded me, or like the feel of the score anyway, kind of reminded me of the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like really, I like I like when they put really um, like fun, upbeat songs over like action scenes like that. I like that we got to know each character on a relatively more personal level. Yeah. You know, we totally didn't have to, but because we got to know like, oh, like this Darren Chris is the director mm-hmm. and like, Richard's the runner. Ace is like the face of the company, which yeah. is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. It always has been, it always will be, especially in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh my God. We got to know each element and like Ernie, Helen. Yes. Ernie and Helen's roles yeah. in Ace Studios. We got to literally learn not only like these backstories, yeah. but we also got to learn like, oh, this is how films are literally made today in Hollywood. Yeah. This is how Hollywood works today. I'm not going to lie. All I wasn't entirely sure what a producer was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. Like we saw Richard's character like managing budgets. Homeboy knew everything, yeah. bottom to top. And then the directors would typically go over budget out of yeah. line, which I think is a big trope like in yeah. general. That's so cool. Like, we need this. We have to have it. Yeah. It's like a lot of this was an inside joke to LA natives, too. Yeah. Because, like, I'm sure they, this is their way of life. And, like, we just simply don't know that. I didn't, I could never, I'm not going to lie. I could never, like, tell you the difference between a director and a producer if you had a gun to my head. I just like I knew what a director did but I didn't know what a producer did and like whenever I had seen it represented it sounded like the same fucking thing so now that you know tell us and now I know the producer like makes the final cuts of like the film or whatever you know decides what makes it and what doesn't I get that now I did not get that before (laughs) I think that's so cool yeah Another element that I really liked was that they tackled and this kind of this kind of is similar to them talking about like white impoverishment versus like being black who do you think was the example of white impoverishment jack yeah i think jack was supposed to be that but i also liked how they sort of tackled the idea of like white passing or like um not straight passing but i'll get into that in a second but like they had darren chris who was like half filipino and half white and he's very much white passing Damn, I didn't know he was half Filipino. Yeah, he when he first went to go talk to Anime Wong like, because he wanted to make a- Angel of Shanghai, like starring Anime Wong, and he was like, "I'm half Asian myself," and she's like, "You're a-. like," she cuts him off like while he's still talking. She's like, "You're Asian," and like he's talking about how like he hides the fact that he's half Filipino because he knows that if people find out he's Asian, it's gonna be like a big to do. Wow. And then he has like a similar conversation with Archie. And he, I I thought it was cool that Archie and Camille called him out on, like, having white privilege because he's passing. Because Archie, I mean, sorry, Raymond tried to say, you know, one day people like us won't have to hide. And and Archie's like, people like us? He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like, I'm half Asian. And, like, nobody can believe it. And, like, he's like, you know, but you can go out and do these things. You know, you're white passing and you're straight. You can go out and do these things. And, like... Mm-hmm. People aren't kicking you out of the studio and taking your name off the script because you're white passing. So, yes, you might have to hide part of yourself. And, yes, you probably, you know, are also stereotyped for being Asian. But but it's just never never going to be the same. Yeah, It'll never be the black experience. Yeah. I remember that scene. I like that. I love that he was, like, 
correcting people, especially people of color. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought he was telling him that like as though he were a white person, but because he, I missed that he was half yeah. Asian, that makes it a lot yeah. more important, a lot more impactful. And I think Camille called him out on something too. I can't remember exactly what she called him out on, but I remember when, like after the clan had put like, the the crosses or whatever on their lawns mm. and like they all came into the studios to like talk about the incident both archie and camille were like look we're angry and we're upset but we're not surprised this isn't the first time something like this has happened to yeah. us and it's like they're surrounded by all these white people being like fucking outraged and yeah. like i can't believe this is happening we have to do something you guys and they're like bruh like this has been this happening happened. yeah and i just thought it was really nice that they could slip stuff in there like that without it being like a big fucking without it being it became a moment of understanding yeah there was never like debate about it it was always i appreciated that like for the most part the people that were like around the marginalized people like once they were explained something they were like yeah you're right like i'm sorry dude they're always like very um like accepting of criticism which i really liked whose story touched you the most out of everyone out of everyone here um weirdly not weirdly enough but she didn't get a lot of screen time i would say it's a tie between archie and anime wong i really liked anime wong's story a lot because i as much as she wasn't like a main character like the other like the younger people yeah which i would say are like she the didn't main speak characters. much yeah she was only in a couple episodes but like we still got a good amount of like backstory for her yeah i liked that we got a backstory of her being snubbed because she's asian and then we have people like having faith in her and like um, wanting to give her like what she deserves with like Raymond Ainsley and Dick Samuels. Like they both want to give anime Wong what she deserves and like they give her this role in this movie and she finally ends up getting the Oscar that she should have gotten, you know, years ago. But yeah, I like that like she got what she deserved and like it was really moving to me when like we flashed to the um, Chinese American family who were like all like waiting around the radio, like really excited. Yeah. To like hear that. And I I thought it was, I don't know if if it was intentional, but I feel like it's such a coincidence that it has to be. But I feel like Anime Wong was kind of supposed to be like Peg and Whistle, who they based the script on. Yeah. Because I remember there was um, a time where Ray was like explaining a part of the script to somebody, like explaining how he was going to shoot um, a scene in the movie. And he was like, you know, she just found out that she's not getting the role and, you know, this is it for her. She put everything in. And like we sh- we zoom in on her hands, like pouring a drink, and it pans up, and we see her turned away from her lover Sam with like this sort of devastated but unsurprised like look on her face, you know. And then like an episode later, we have Ray coming to Anime Wong saying, "I'm sorry, they're not making the movie that I pitched you." And we get that exact shot. We get Anna pouring her drink and a pan up to her face with like a single tear going down, you know. Oh. And I was, I think she wasn't cast as Peg because of like the age or whatever, but I like that she got to basically play a role similar to her real life story, like in the movie Meg. Yeah. Like I thought that was cool. Yeah. The movie Meg was mm-hmm. a win for everybody. Yeah. And they were very clear about that. Yeah. Anime Wong was so emotional at her acceptance speech. Yeah. You could tell she'd been winning. It was overdue. I like that hers was the first. It like really set the tone. It was so like moving. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, really euphoric from here. Because she was there in that position first, trying to do yeah. it. And, like, she should have been glad there she went five first. years ago, you know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's interesting that you chose Anime Wong as one of the stories that stuck to you the most because we really didn't get to hear much from her. Yeah. But I like that. It was still just as impactful. What was yours? Oh, sorry. I was going to say Archie and Richard. They got yeah. to me the most. Richard's was just, I don't know why, but it hit me so hard. Yeah. That he like, it took him forever to just come to terms with it mm-hmm. because he was such a powerful guy and I'm not powerful, so I don't get that element. But it's yeah. like the element of like wanting to keep it to yourself and not wanting to tell yourself because yeah. the moment you tell yourself, like remember when he was walking outside the gay bar and then he sits in there one day. Yeah. That made me cry yeah. and meets the love of his life i don't know like oh, there that's like beside all of it yeah <laughs> just like where he was sitting and he was like you know i've walked past this place like every day and like i've never actually come in like but i'm here and then mm-hmm. the his the guy was like you made it congratulations yeah. you made it pain yeah but also good pain you know it like it hit it hit like every spot like it 
I don't know. The oh. whole show kind of like congratulations, that. Dick, you made it. Like yeah. it's like literally congratulations, Dick, you came to terms with your sexuality. Yeah. Like uh, I cry. and like I really loved the scene that he had with Roy slash Rock like in the episode before that or whatever at the George Cuker party or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really loved that scene that he had with him. I think if we just would have had Henry Wilson as the only gay man, like besides as the only like older gay man or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would have been shitty because he was a predator. And I liked that we also had Dick who was a gay man who was like, I refuse to be a predator. Like Roy came to Henry made Roy slash rock suck a dick go and try to have sex with Dick Samuels so that he could have some leverage so that Henry could have leverage over Dick for being gay. Even though Henry is gay himself, he basically fucking trafficked his his, uh, actor. Henry's a rapist. Yes. Anyway. And, but at the end, Dick was like, look, I'm, I I might be gay and like, I might, I have to deal with this now, but I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be this guy. I'm not going to take advantage of like young actors that are just trying to get a role in a movie. Like, I'm not going to be that. And I liked that we had him to set off Henry. Yeah, to balance it out. Yeah. Balance out to the show ugly that gay men aren't Henry. predators. Henry is a predator. The attitude on Henry. The caucasity. <laughs> Did you know that even the word Caucasian has been um, appropriated? Yeah. the An actual Caucasian that. is like Middle Eastern. Yeah. That's where the word... They're like North African, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then so that's how white people try to say that they're not white because they're they're actually Caucasian. It's backwards. Shut up. <laughs> it's backwards. <laughs> Caucasians are not white. White is a different one. White is a diff- White America is a different. Yes. So why did you take the word Caucasian from me and my people? Why? I'm just wondering. And then you. Tired. Anyways, I feel like I'm a bit more attached to the technicality, like Mm -hmm. the actors playing these roles Mm -hmm. and like the impact. And I like that we're both talking about it because yeah. it's, I would never think about a movie or TV Same. show your way. Like I never like, but now I need, that you, I want to more. Yeah, like now that you bring it up, I never noticed like that that shot you were talking about where like they focus on the actors' faces like once they finished like really? lying to themselves. Like I never noticed that. Until I don't notice it. the interactions between characters that you bring yeah. up. The like, oh, like they said this this because he was feeling fucking you know. Yeah. If I if I don't like like people in the show, I don't have to like everyone. But if I don't have like at least one character to like give a shit about i can't watch it that's so yeah because then what it to me like this isn't true but like to me it's like if i don't like you then what is this all for that was like the argument you use for euphoria when you're talking to yeah. me about not liking euphoria because you don't yeah. like the characters right they're not yeah. likable i like jules i like jules's and rue's story i i like them but i think the characters that i don't like i hate so much i feel like your approach to film and tv is um very very rel- very heavy on like getting attached to the characters. Oh, one thousand percent. Like, oh, ca- this character said this because they were feeling this, and like you know, this character interacted with this character this way, and like you, you get really attached to the characters and how they grow and everything. Speaking of Jim Parsons, his his bitch ass, I <laughs> thought that this was the best way for Jim Parsons to graduate from Big Bang Theory, like because yeah. we get so much of Sheldon and Henry, yeah. and I know. Henry's a fuck ass bitch. He can but the absurdity. That's yes, like he, the obnoxiousness of his mm-hmm. character. It's like it's like so nuanced because he's funny as well. Mm-hmm. He's a bitch, but he's funny <laughs> as well. He has really he has like the best one liners. Unfortunately, this is the best thing Jim Parsons did for his career. Not that I have any power in saying that. Not yeah. that I have any impact in saying that. But like, what I'm so impressed with like how they built this character yeah. for him. Yeah. Also, speaking of Jim Parsons, though. He, he has zero emotion in his face. Is he a psychopath? <laughs> I know. Almost. Not a single feeling has crossed that man's heart. Just pure rage. He's a scary guy. He is. Anyway, yeah, I thought they did wondrous things with his character and his the character style. Yeah. This whole script, I don't know if you agree with me, but I felt as though the script and the conversations between characters were so lifelike. Yeah. More than their I peers. Agree. More than the show's peers. But um, yeah, it was almost like there was improv or method acting. A lot of the stuff that normally I would have perceived as corny mm-hmm. wasn't specifically because it was based in the 40s and that's just how they talked. 
and I could see the actors there. Like, I didn't, like, to me, it didn't look like a bunch of millennials playing people from the 40s. Like, I could, yeah. I could like, honestly, like, see them there. That sounded like their natural voices to me. Costume design, baby. Yeah, like, it all felt really natural. So, the, so sh- some of the shit they said that normally would have read as, like, cheesy for me didn't. Like, it landed yeah. for me. And I think a big part of that was the script. Yeah. they Actually, I would argue that they needed this setting. They needed um, this story to take place at a time that old because if they didn't, if they tried to do it now, it would hit too close to home. Yeah, I agree. And because of the whole mood, the general climate of right now, I feel like they probably would have written it so that they didn't succeed in the end. If it were yeah. like a 2020. They 2019. would have tried to make it like too realistic. You can't write yes. a what should have been story in present times. Right. You just can't. Like if you're going to write a what could have been. It would have hit been, too then, hard right now. Yeah. It just would have sucked. It would have. But because it, it took place sucked, then but... the aesthetic, the different aesthetic, the different way of talking like yeah. softened it all. Yeah. It made it more like joyful. And but it was still relatable. So Yeah. God, that was amazing. Archie yeah. is played by such a good actor. Like, fuck. Oh my God. I. I don't think he won, but he was nominated for an Emmy for Best Supporting. Yes, actor a thousand or percent. He was so good. He was so good. Wait, did the Emmys already cover it? It was already? in 2019, so yeah. Oh, really? I think so. Or maybe it was earlier this I year. I watched the Emmys, dude. I think it might have been earlier this year. Okay. Um, my favorite scene with Archie, I think. I have two. The first one is when he goes to Ray and Camille's house and he tells them that they're taking his name off the script. Yeah. And he's like, fuck this. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm black and I'm queer and I'm tired of writing their story. I wrote their story. Yeah. They still didn't they like still it. Didn't so fuck it. them. And he was like, and then Ray was trying to be like, Ray, Ray, you're absolutely right. Ray is the straight man on thin ice because he, I felt like he kept trying to come in with some white savior bullshit and everybody was like, "Eh." (laughs) and because in that scene that I was talking about, Ray was like, oh, I'm not going to let this happen. And Archie walks right past him and goes to Camille and is like, I want you to get this part. Fuck them. And I really like that. It's incredible. The way that. Archie and Meg had this dynamic like it was like a in a magnetic yeah. thing, like attraction you know like yeah. they just kind of linked he like there was this mutual understanding when he went up to her and he's like I want you to get this part she was mm-hmm. like okay I know I have to get this part yeah there's no other option it's I like we're doing it. something here yeah, right now yeah yeah in the kitchen the way they were looking at yeah. each other like okay like we're going hard we're going yeah. hard like we have something to do yeah I really like that. They immediately had this mutual understanding of like, Mm -hmm. this is what we have to do to make sure no other black director, writer, screenwriter has to go through this ever again. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. His name is Jeremy Pope. I looked it up because I love him. I want to see him in more. And he's like so handsome too. Yes. Like on top of it. Um, I guess like kind of lastly, she's not like queer or anything, but Avis Amberg is like one of my favorite characters. Baddest bitch. Of any TV show ever. Oh my. You know you're that bitch when you cause all that conversation. She's the baddest Ugh. bitch. She was like, I was ousted because I was too Jewish for these people. So I went to a bar and I found the head of Ace Studios. And now here I am. He's been paying ever since yes. for marrying me. Ugh. Oh my God. I love I her. I her when I grow That's up. That's what I mean when I say I would fuck an older woman. Yes. Avis Amberg only. Oh my God. The fact that she was an older woman, she was a housewife, yes, mm-hmm. but oh my god, this raised yeah. element, her feeling sad over like losing her daughter to adulthood, there mm-hmm. was a feeling of like, you know, being a housewife, getting sent home to make dinner, but there Ugh. was also like, she's sexy, she's yeah. a sexy middle-aged woman, yeah. we don't get that, because her and Jack yeah. in the beginning, like, that was hot. Yeah. And it was meant to be. Oh there was God. nothing weird about it. Usually they make fun of middle aged yeah. women. Like, I don't want to see shit. I don't want to see shit about being like, oh, if the roles were reversed. Because in this situation, if if there was an older man and a younger woman, the problem with that and why it's always creepy in TV shows is because there's always this weird child thing yeah like you know what i mean men have infantilized women in pornography and like there's always like a lot of wanting them young is that yeah and like with 
like you could tell that Jack and Avis had like a genuine like not love for each other. They didn't like love each other, but they had like a genuine like affection, affection and like yeah, and for each other and like they they were kind of like friends after it all. Like it wasn't like Jack was never made to feel like gross about it with her or there was always like a mutual like understanding and like genuine affection. Yeah, they're both mature. Really yeah, mature so people. it wasn't creepy to me. Yeah. It was like, oh, he's a sex worker. She's a client. Yep. That's it. Yeah. You know? And I really like that. I think how they represented a lot of the older adults in this was, like, so cool. They, like, showed you that, like, your life isn't over, like, after 30. Like, Ellen and Ernie fell in love in their, you know, 60s. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know? And they're like, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life, you know? So it's like, oh, like, this does still happen, you know? Oh, you know, this show taught me what a Gibson is. A Gibson is a martini, except without <laughs> the olive, it's, it's a small pickled onion Weird. in the bottom of the glass, but it's the same makings of a martini. How many Gibsons out of five for the bisexual representation in Hollywood? Um, I'm going to give it an eight just because I think the bisexual representation- I said five. Fuck. You know I can't Is it five or 10 that it's we do? It's 10. Sorry. My how brain many, doesn't work that way for some reason. How many ice cold Gibsons out of 10 would you give the miniseries Hollywood for bisexual representation? Um, for bisexual representation, I would give an eight just because I think though there was a lot of queer representation, it was mostly like homosexual, but the bisexual was like a good like secondary thing and i really enjoyed it but okay. it wasn't like the primary queer representation we're talking queer representation i give it like 10 yes yes yeah. no but i meant bisexual yeah so but bisexual yes. i give like an eight queer it is 10 i would say not bisexual nine because um it's like the best explicitly bisexual content we've gotten in a hot minute so i'd say yeah. nine gibsons out of 10 <laughs> how many what how many peg references out of 10 peg <laughs> oh there's, you were gonna make a pegging there's joke. so many pegging jokes but i can't Remember Just say how many pegging are. jokes out of 10. Okay, how many pegging jokes out of 10 would you give the show overall? 10. 10. It was so good. I fucking cried. I cried. Literally. I don't cry. And I, I mean, I cried a lot. I'm just going to put this out there. It took me a whole day to cry when my dad died. I cried. <laughs> I cried like a hundred times at this show. <laughs> I swear to I have to go home. I have to go home. I cried a lot at this show. It was really moving. 10 out of 10. <laughs> there you have it. This is the best <laughs> testimonial we've gotten about this show. Goddamn. It's fucking phenomenal. Go fucking watch it. Oh, my God. Everyone watch um, Westworld because I want to talk about Westworld. Go watch Euphoria because I want to talk about Euphoria. Yeah. But also big content warning on Euphoria. Oh, for sure. Anyway, um, before we go... Since voting season is primarily over, although the Georgia runoff elections are still valid, flip the Senate if you're in Georgia, please, for the love of Christ. If you're going to be 18 by January 5th, you can vote in the runoff elections, by the way. We're going to be updating our resources page um, in honor of, what is it, Indigenous? Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, um, which is the day after uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, we don't believe in Thanksgiving. Uh, I believe in the food. And that's it. So we're going to be updating our resources page to include um, places where you can donate to Indigenous and First Nations organizations and some um, readings. So check it out at biconspodcast.com slash resources. That's biconspodcast.com slash resources. Boom, boom, boom. Thanks for listening to the Bicons Podcast. Our cover art is by Taylor Davis and Jamie Shee. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Check out our website at biconspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at biconspod and Instagram at biconspodcast. 